0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Missoni and Marshall a Meaningful Marketplace. I am glad you have joined today for the podcast. I think it's important for us to be here with stories of hope for our listeners. So thanks for joining me as we hear stories of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center in Portland, Oregon. I'm missing Sarah Marshall today, but I look forward to having her return very soon. We want to thank our sponsor, Marketed Choice, for supporting this podcast, Masonium Marshall, and thank you for helping spread the word about women food entrepreneurs. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local food entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help food makers, farmers, ranchers, fisherfolk, and others to realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. We love you. Wow, I have some news today, and I'm going to repeat it until everyone remembers it. If you're a food entrepreneur, be sure to look up your regional food business center. There are 12 across the U.S. with a mission to connect underserved food folks with their technical assistance and funding to help take their food business to the next level. I also suggest you connect with your State Department of Agriculture to learn about funding they have that can also help you move your food idea forward. <clears throat> Coming up on December 7th, which is a Thursday, the Food Innovation Center is host- hosting a holiday bazaar again. We're so excited to open our doors to celebrate the most recent cohort of Getting Your Recipe to Market graduates. Doors open at 4 p.m. to the public. To start- Tickets can be purchased on Eventbrite. It's $5. Come and taste and buy some of our exciting makers' products. If any of our food friends out there have an announcement, please contact us through the website. Oh, um, or you can message us on Instagram at Masonia Marshall. We'll help spread the news about your food. And by the way, no one ever gives us anything to announce, so it would be nice if somebody actually (laughs) sent us something. (laughs) Um, We're joined today with special guests, Lisa and Molly of Sao Noi. And I'd like to ask you to go ahead and share with us some information about how people connect with you on the Internet or through retailers or directly or through stores. Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, This is Lisa
1: speaking. Um, So when we first started Sao Noi a few years back, so we didn't, well, we started the company in 2015, but we didn't really start uh, tapping into the community until about 2017. Uh, That's when we started doing farmer's markets and events. Yeah, so it took us a little longer, but at the time we did have our restaurant out in Hood River, uh, so that took a lot of time, but it really did uh, help us emphasize the importance of being a part of a community, um, especially if you're starting off new.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you've joined me today. And I want to connect our listeners to your company via social media and your website. Can you tell me what your links are for Instagram, Facebook and your website? Yeah, so you can find us um,
1: on Instagram at Sao Noi PDX. That's S A O N O I P D X. PDX. Uh, Facebook will also be Sao Noi PDX. And our website is uh,
0: sal-noy.com. Thank you so much. I have to tell you, I was just listening to episode 54 from September of 2020. And <laughs> I, right, so you were on three years ago with uh, Sarah and I, and I'm excited to hear what's changed for you since 2020. Mm-hmm.
2: Molly, did you want to go ahead? So hi, everyone. This is Molly, um, Lisa's sister, and I'm also part of Sao Noi. So what has changed for us? We um, launched a line of beef jerky. So there's three flavors, original, lemongrass, and ginger. And they're all based off of our chili oils. And then we also released a cookbook. And then um, the cookbook is called Sao Noi Kitchen. Um, It's available on Amazon, or you can download a free ebook on our website, and I guess I can talk about how the cookbook got started. It's actually a yeah, real tell us. story. So at the company that I work at, my former CEO, I approached him one day with a jar of our chili oil. And the next day he calls me into his office and I'm like nervous, like sweating bullets, thinking that I'm getting in trouble. And um, he asked me about our products and our story. So I pitched to him how we started. Mm-hmm. And he told me I really enjoyed your chili oils and I believe in your product so I want to buy 210 jars for all the employees. Wow. Yes and put together a recipe contest. So um, he ordered it on the spot and that was like the biggest order that we've gotten. Yeah. (laughs) So like we were all like really nervous and super excited as well and um, we like he ordered, yeah, for the whole company. And I came home that day and told our mom and Lisa the meeting that I had. And we pretty much like that well, for two and a half, three weeks straight, we were just producing chili oils. And um, so the recipe contest, we collected recipes from all of the employees. So the cookbook is a collective of recipes from the employees and also from our family Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool, because I was actually looking through your website and I was like, hey, all of these recipes are not from them. I was going to ask you, how did you get so many people to give you so many nice recipes? And I think it must have been from your boss helping get this started. Yes. yes. That's great. And have you had repeat purchases from the people at your work or maybe you don't work there anymore? Do you still oh, work there? I, I still work there. Yes.
2: Okay. And then, um, so a lot of my, um, coworkers order
0: direct through me. So yes.
2: Oh, so that's it, wonderful.
0: It helped with the sales. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know who your customer is going to be, right? So it's always good to have a jar of your sauce in your purse. Exactly. You, yeah. Just in case. <laughs> now you can carry jerky with you too. I saw online. I counted that you're in 46 stores on your website. Who of all those retailers sells the most product for you? Just curious.
1: It's definitely market a choice. Uh, we're really grateful for them and um, for being such like supporters of, um, or for being such a great supporter of our local community. Um, World Foods is also one of our top customers. Uh, they mm-hmm. have a location um, off of Northwest uh, in the Pearl.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then recently we actually got into Tender Loving
2: Empire. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. And then also Rosar's. They're one of our best customers as well. Because well, we have, a—I would say, a pretty good foundation there because in that's Hood in Hood River. Um, oh, okay. That's where we um, started a restaurant that we had for about six years. So a lot of our um, former customers are familiar with our products. Mm-hmm. That's
0: cool. So... I know you told the story of your name before, but I think it's worth repeating. Can you tell everyone what the name of your company means?
1: Yes, so Sao Noi is, um, it actually translates in Laotian to little girl. So that's our mom's nickname. She's um, the youngest of her eight siblings. So it's actually
0: an homage to our mom. That's very nice. And can you tell us how involved is your mom with the day-to-day business? Um, Pretty much uh, as much as
1: uh, all of us. So, I mean, she does more behind-the-scenes work, um, like production. She'll help us, like, bottle the chili oils and cook it. But if you're at any farmer's markets or events that we're at, she... She's there like once in a blue moon to help out,
0: but... Oh, okay. Yeah. So people can see her photo on your packaging still? Is it? Still, yes. Is her photo Absolutely. still on it? It's a very pretty picture of her. So it's very nice that it's on your package. So all of your products are handcrafted in small batches here in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. And um, can you tell us if you could how come you decided to put your stuff in a jar? Was there a reason when you had your restaurant that you decided it was time to put stuff in a jar? Yeah, so actually,
1: um pho was one of our best selling dishes. And then um mom decided to make some chili oil to go with that. And then one of our employees one day was like, this chili oil is great. Why don't you just start bottling it and selling it? And then we're like, hmm, that's not a bad idea at all. And I mean, just the thought of having our mom's chili oils on like every in everybody's kitchen tables, like that's amazing.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. And, you know, I see you have three different sauces, right? Yes. You have a couple. And then you were talking about how you now have jerky. Can you tell us the story of how you decided to make jerky? So, um, the beef jerky actually started from our uh,
2: food broker. Um, he flew in from California one day just to um, visit with us and then um, have a business meeting. And he told us that he woke up in the middle of the night from a dream about how we should produce um, sound white beef jerky. So, that's how we came up yeah, with that. Yeah, he just idea. like dreamt about our jerky with like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, we're like, that's not a bad idea at all. Actually, that that's a great idea.
0: So did you, did he dream about you becoming like multi-millionaires from the jerky? <laughs> <laughs> well, he he might've mentioned it a few times.
2: <laughs>
0: That's funny. Did he already have a place for you to manufacture the jerky or did you have to find that all on your own for co-packing?
1: No. So he actually got us connected with a co-packer. Oh, yeah. Uh, near Canby. And, um, Yeah, he was able to connect us with the co-packer. And I mean, that was really like a relief
0: for us because like we... Sometimes it can be really hard to find a co-packer.
1: Exactly. And then we're like, how are we supposed to make jerky? Like, we don't really want to have
0: to deal with like the U.S. Department of Agriculture, you know? Yeah, making jerky is a whole different uh, production requirement compared to making a hot sauce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And tell us a little bit about how you determined what flavors you would make the jerky. Did you taste, make some and taste it and go back and forth? How did that work? Do you recall? Yeah. So we actually sent
1: our ingredients over to the co-packer um, and they like, they had several, like quite a bit of like test runs with the jerky. Okay. Uh, Definitely the first few batches of jerky were very tough. Like, honestly, it was kind of difficult for us to eat. Um, But I would say, like, how many times do you think, like... I would say that
2: was about six times Yeah, test we, run.
1: Yeah, we had, like, six different test runs. And then to also, like, really get the flavors in there, Um, we were super busy, like, getting... um lemongrass prepared as well since that's like a pretty seasonal ingredient yeah
0: i was gonna ask you about lemongrass because on the last time we talked we say we had a whole discussion about lemongrass and sarah marshall told us oh just use a slicer did you ever try the slicer
1: uh, we never
0: did, but oh. we're definitely considering it like next summer. <laughs> okay, now you're ready to st- I mean, sometimes it takes time to really need to actually do something like that. Well, that's good. Maybe it will help you be able to process more. So I did see something really fun on your website. It's called, or actually maybe it was Facebook. It said Curry in a Hurry Cooking Class at Goody's Snack Shop. Can you tell us what that was and what is Goody's Snack Shop?
2: So Goody's Snack Shop is a a shop that's located in um, downtown Portland. So in the old Chinatown area, it's owned by Joyce and Terrence. So Joyce, she is um, a snack fanatic. (laughs) Yeah, she loves Mm. snacks. And a lot of her snacks are Asian based Mm. flavors. And um, she invited us to host a cooking class using her space. Nice. Um, That's how we came up with the idea. And it took about, I would say, one month to plan everything. That was our first time hosting a cooking class. Okay. Did you bring your mom over there? We tried to get her over there,
1: but something came up on her end, so she couldn't make it, unfortunately. Did
0: you ladies do the cooking then? We did. Oh! Excellent. Did you like doing the cooking demo? We did. I mean, okay, it was like our first
1: time doing something like that, so it was definitely a bit nerve-wracking. I know it can be
0: kind of stressful. Yeah. So people don't really know if you know what you're doing when you're oh, doing yeah. it. We we're just like pretending to <laughs> what we're <they're> doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun. So, mm-hmm. do you sell your products at the goodies snack shop? We do. So we actually
1: approached, yeah, we approached, um, goodies sometime in, I believe it was September of last year. So this is when like a little bit before they, um, opened or maybe it was like a couple months after they opened, but Uh they were super fresh. Um, and then I was, uh, going back and forth with Joyce about getting our chili oils in there. Um, The very first day I dropped off samples with uh, her partner Terrence, and um, they were just like really excited to try our stuff. And then about one or two weeks later, we finally heard back from Joyce, and she's like, We'd love to carry your
0: chili oils. Oh, that's sweet. Because they have all kinds of different foods in that shop. I think I was able to go in there really quickly, and one of my friends, is friends with Joyce. Her name, uh, well, her name is Haley Kimchi. At that's least so that's funny. her name. On, do you know Haley? Yes. yes, isn't she awesome? She's so sweet. <laughs> now, how did you meet Haley?
2: So, oh, for me, I dropped into um, Goodies one day and just to shop. And um, Haley, I think she was she was hosting a kimchi class that day. Oh, yes. So I dropped in for that, but I didn't. Did, you,
0: did, did you learn to make kimchi from Haley? Oh, no, I didn't. I was just there to shop. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's she's a great food person from what I can tell. And she listens to those podcasts. So everybody say, hey, hey, Haley, we're glad you're listening. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, okay. So have you put together gift packs? I think I might have seen some gift packs on your website.
1: Yes, we did at one point. So when we first um, started um, assembling the gift packs, it was well, the first time was probably like two or three winters ago. Yeah, Um, this was like, we were getting everything ready for the holidays. And it was a lot of work to get that completed. But we were just like, it was our first time doing something like that. So we ordered A bunch of cardboard boxes and dividers the dividers weren't perfect so we had to like hand cut these to fit oh dear yeah perfectly in the box and um it had it just it was just our chili oils at the time um so yeah we got everything together and then um we even had to like tie bowls on all of these boxes but we were yeah selling selling them at um our events and markets
0: well, that's cool that you figured out it wasn't for you. Are you going to wait? I think you sell your jerky. You can buy a three pack, right? Is that considered a gift pack? I uh, think.
1: We haven't decided on how to get our um, gift pack assembled for the jerky yet. Okay. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think they're
0: great stocking stuffers. Oh, what a great idea. And is that product in stock all the time? So, or should people hurry up and order it now for the stocking stuffers?
1: have it available all the time. Oh, that's great.
0: Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, how do you come up with your flavors? Or for instance, working with the um, jerky co-packer, Were you involved with telling them that this product tastes like our sauce or it needs to be more spicy or it needs more lemongrass? Were you involved in that way when you were coming up with this product?
1: Yes. Uh, So I remember when we first um, communicated with our co-packer, we had to, well, the first test run that they did was um, they added so much Thai chilies it was super spicy so yeah on top of being very tough to chew Mm. it was also very spicy so there's like no
0: way can we like get this out there (laughs) yeah so you were able to help them figure out to put less Thai chili in there to get it to the flavor that you really wanted yes that's good Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to just talk a little bit more about manufacturing. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about your production in your kitchen? Is your mom really able to make everything by herself or do you have some folks working with you in the kitchen?
1: No, it's still small scale right now, but um, we're actually looking at um, co-packing for our chili oils. Yeah, we actually got in touch with Chris Bailey Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Community Copac
1: yeah. Northwest. Oh, yep. good. <laughs> yeah, we're good.
0: Yeah, it. they have some big humongous kettles there that they can cook your sauces in. Yeah. And you can go in the kitchen when they're making the product. So that's helpful, too. Yeah. So I found out that you both went to Portland State University and that you got written up in their alumni um, magazine was that <laughs> yeah. fun for you? Yes, it was a lot of fun. I've
2: read the articles about how other alumni um, have published their story, and I want to be one of those people.
0: To, yeah, to get our you want to be featured. Yes, yeah. that's great. I did that, that impact your online sales once that article came out?
1: It did. Yes, online and then, um, but actually. I would say it was mostly through um through events and markets. So we were oh. our events on our Instagram or like events that we were going to be a part of. Uh, we had like pretty good turnouts at each one of those. And um, people were mentioning, oh, we saw
0: your uh, feature in the P- PSU article. I think P- PSU has a small little grocery store there, doesn't it? Or they used to. Do they still have it?
1: Um, I don't think so. The only place I can think of is
0: Green Zebra. Oh, and that's probably right. They do have some restaurants there. I wonder if you could get your sauce into one of the restaurants. So oh. there is a f- person there in the school business named Colin Gallison. How did Colin help you?
2: Um. So Colin was actually my former entrepreneurship professor in two thousand sixteen. Hmm. At- this is a few weeks before the term was over, and my coworker, I my mean, not my coworker, my um classmate, he had um encouraged me to reach out to Colin and just pit to pitch to him our idea and our chili oils. Okay. So I had a meeting with him, and I told him about our story, and I introduced him to our mom and Lisa. Mm-hmm. He was um, fascinated by our kind of our story and how we started. So he became an initial investor and he was oh. actually, um, one of the people to help us get into market of choice because he used to work with John Boyle. Oh, okay. And um, Lisa and Colin did an event together. Was it at the Food Innovation Center? Um, It was, it wasn't an event, but I think
1: so. I believe uh, John Boyle, and it was another buyer there um, at the Food Innovation Center. So they okay. gave us the opportunity to present our products to them. Oh, nice!
2: Yeah, uh, and so we heard about that, and then went to present our stuff. Yes, and then um, John Boyle was there, and also Colin, and then they they
0: reconnected. Oh, that's fun! Yes. <laughs> over your chili sauce. That's cool. So can you tell us about the food testing that you do at the food lab? Um, I think that you use them to help find out what your pH and your water activity was. Do you use them frequently during manufacturing to have your product tested?
1: Yes. Yeah. Just because, well, we're required to well, us and like a lot of other businesses as well are required to maintain um, accurate records of production. So we still have to uh, record the pH, internal temperature and processing times.
0: Yeah. And do you, did you, one of you take the better process control school? Um, I did. So
1: this is interesting. Uh, We didn't, so, We're going to, I'm going to retrograde a little bit, but before we found out about the, um, the courses that were offered at the Food Innovation Center Uh for getting your products to market, um, my mom and I, we were working out of our restaurant at the time. And this is when, well, Molly was also in school at the time, so she was going back and forth, but she wasn't with us, um, But, you know, we had to find out a way how we were going to get our um, our uh, products um, onto the market. And we ended up like taking a home canning class and it was through it was taught by um, Lauren Kramer, Lauren Kramer extension program. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then. Uh, after the course, you know, we we're like, oh, we want we we're actually thinking about like producing our things on a more commercial level. And okay. so she, yeah, she introduced us to
0: um, Dr. Daschle. Oh, Mark Dashel, Yeah. He's the process authority. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole list of requirements for you, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so did, did he email the list to you or how did you get that information? He
1: did. So we actually got back in touch with him uh, several months ago. Oh, yeah. uh, Just because we also needed like an updated process authority letter. And so, well, he said he wasn't part of the, um, the OSU extension program anymore, I believe.
0: Yeah, he retired. Yeah, but he did provide us with that list. So yeah, he does have a consulting business where he still helps people with process authority letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. So let's see. Do you have any questions for me? Um. Well, how have you been, Sarah? <laughs> you- oh. Well, I'm, you know what, I hate saying this, but I've been really busy. I did take some time off this summer. And when I came back to work, um, I've been busy every single dingle day, from, you know, eight to five, trying to keep up with all of the things that people need help with. Um, And getting ready for the fall, you know, we're planning this Holiday Bazaar, and we have people going to the fancy food show. And I wanted to ask you if you've thought about going to the fancy food show with us um, on the incubator village. Is that something you would think about doing? I would definitely consider yeah. that. Um,
1: let's see. So, would we, or I guess, like, how would that work? Will we all be in a collective booth or
0: yeah so the at the incubator village the food innovation center has an area and Mm -hmm. each of the participants that go with us each has their own little five by five area with their logo on the front of their table and then a table behind you and a sign behind you and you're there On your own, but with a group of 10 or 12 food companies that generally go with us. So it's quite fun. Nice. And then when is this? There's two shows. One is in uh, January this year of 2024 will be in Las Vegas. And then in late June, it will be in New York City.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So you should just get in touch with me if you want to go since you've worked with the Food Innovation Center, you're welcome to join us when it would work for you. I do have a question. Have you ever entered any of your sauces to a contest? Uh, We actually did with um, the Good Food Awards. So did anything happen? Did you get any? You did? Yeah. So, well, we didn't win an
1: award, but we were a finalist in. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, this was in 2021. Um, We were super thrilled about
0: that accolade Um, (laughs) for our ginger chili oil. Yeah. Nice. I wonder if you entered your jerky, um, how it would do. You might think about that for next time. So how do you balance so many different products that you're managing? Is it easy for you or is it a lot of work?
1: You know, it's, actually not as bad because well not as bad as we originally thought because we have a co-packer who helps us with the jerky
0: yeah
1: um the chili oils however well as of late it's been well we're not gonna lie but it's been kind of difficult like keeping up with production for the chili
0: okay so you're getting lots of orders i think sometimes people don't understand that people actually want their food and they're going to actually have to make more and more of it, that (laughs) it's not going to just always be small batch. So it's good that you're talking to a Mm co-backer. Have you thought about partnering with any other food entrepreneurs in the area, Um, like a restaurant that might like to use your chili oil? We've definitely um, thought about that idea. And then I know
1: like we would also like to work with um a lot of or a couple of other like local brands or just get together for like a little collaboration
0: and mm. release like a specialty product. So that sounds fun. Did you have any in mind? Maybe we can give them a shout out and tell them to give you a call.
2: Yeah. Well, um coa roots. Um I don't oh. know. Are you familiar with them? I've oh. heard of coa roots, yeah. Well, um, they um, produce fruit butters and they actually um, reached out to us because they would um, be interested in doing a, I guess, a cooking class together and like a collab. Oh, nice. We were invited by um, oil and vinegar at the Clackamas Town Center Mall to um, host a cooking class using their store. Oh, when are you going to do it? We're aiming for December. It was supposed to
0: be actually um, the first week of October, but we've just yeah it's so busy this time of year getting ready for holiday sales yeah. yes so and are you so you're mostly self-distributing still or have you used a distributor or a broker yet
1: no we're still self-distributing but I know fair has been like a great platform for us as well oh yes um, yeah through wholesale and actually we found out about Uh, fair through Sarah Marshall.
0: Oh yes. Sarah Marshall uses fair. (laughs) Yes, That's good. I'm glad you're signed up for fair. That's something new. Are you still selling at farmer's markets?
1: We are. Um, but we've definitely cut back on our farmer's markets. So we, um, we're doing Vancouver. We've been doing that one for the past about three years. Um, Lake Austin. I heard that switching to uh, all year round farmers market. Yes. Yeah, I think they actually just started or they're going to be starting their winter
0: market this year for the first time. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I asked you before if you had any questions for me, maybe you thought of something <laughs> in the last few minutes. Did you think of anything? No. I, there
1: was something that I wanted to branch off of about, uh, I know you've been busy and then, um, with like, yeah, I guess like what other events do you have any like special events planned at the FIC coming up?
0: There's actually this Thursday, which may be kind of late, but you could still get tickets. There's the shark, the world's longest charcuterie board at the red on salmon. Oh, wow. Thursday night, and it's the Portland Fruit Tree um, Collaborative. They uh, planned that out. So you can go on the Merck ticket, M-E-R-C tickets. It's $35 to attend, and it's this Thursday, October 26th. I think they have it in different blocks of time. I'll be there from 4 to 6.30, and then I think there's 6.30 to 8 and eight to 10 or something like that, or might be. So you buy a ticket for $35 and then you get to go through the line twice Mm -hmm. and they have stuff for um, people with allergies or if you're vegan. So if you're not eating meat, they have lots of other options for you as well. So you don't have to feel like you can't go and enjoy it. And I think they're doing tattoos there and they have a, (laughs) they have an area for dogs I don't know. It sounds like it's going to be (laughs) quite an event. Maybe you all can come and join, get yourself a ticket and come over there and join us. Mm -hmm. Um, but we haven't, this actually, this event on December 7th for us is going to be the first open house kind of event we've had since, uh, 2019. So it's been quite some time, but we're looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. And then,
1: Yeah. And then for the um, get your product to market classes, I mean, have you or have you seen any like significant um, like enrollment in any of those classes so far?
0: Um, We have, I think, between 15 and 20 because that class getting your recipe to market is now online class and you can do it through the web. So Um, I think this session, there's somebody from Wisconsin that's in the class. And there's people from Washington and Idaho and Wyoming, I believe. And somebody, I think, from California. So we have people from all over the place that have joined the class, which makes it pretty exciting. And that happened in the last three years, too, because of people um, not being able to travel for COVID. Yeah. And how did they find out about the uh, class? Um, Well, the Regional Food Business Center made an announcement to the six states that are in the class. We have um, Oregon, Washington, Montana, Colorado, Idaho, and Wyoming Mm -hmm. in that Regional Business Center. And you might want to look it up because we're going to be having some um, business builder grants coming up. Oh, okay. And those will be between ten and $50,000, and you can apply for them. And the application process will be pretty straightforward. And then I think in January, the Department of Agriculture is going to have a call for application for some funding that they're going to be giving out, too. And this is all from the USDA um, that was announced this last June or July. Yeah, takes a while for us to figure out how to give the money to the people but that's what's going to happen
1: yeah and who to allocate the funds to
0: yeah it's always tricky but hopefully we'll be able to make some good decisions and help some folks uh build their businesses absolutely so i see that you were on the portland sauce uh, makers band together to form sauce aid so did you sing part of that we did. <laughs> we still have the video. <laughs> did you get yes. to watch that? <laughs> yeah, I mean that was so great. Which part of the song did you sing? Do you remember? Man, it was. I'm trying to remember. No, I don't. You yeah. don't remember? Oh, people can find it on the Fox 12 Oregon. I think is there was a was there a um, report that you were on or or what? How did that go? Let's see. I see your picture here on your website with that. Let's see if I can bring it up. Mm -hmm. No, it's not showing me. Well, anyway, you all were so creative and you, oh, oh dear. My computer was acting weird. Um, it was great to see all the different Pacific Northwest sauce companies singing together and um, raising funds for some local folks. That was fun.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. especially for,
0: for a great cause, because this was for COVID relief, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. has Did the COVID um, have any effect on your business, do you think? Um, I thought it was
1: going to be terrible i mean it definitely was quite stagnant for about a month Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and once we you know we thought about like doing some promos um online Mm -hmm. we actually got like a pretty huge spike in online sales and then yeah we were also um offering like local doorstep deliveries too. So oh, those were that's good. pretty popular um, just because like, you know, there's a, a lot of solidarity in the community and a lot of um, like Oregon and Washington folks were willing to help small
2: business owners. So that was, that was really touching. <laughs> and then we had to discontinue store demos. So we relied heavily
0: on social media. Uh. Yeah. Have you changed your social media since then or you continue to do the same types of, um, outreach?
1: So we've kind of stuck or yeah, stuck with the same methods. Um, I would say like we most, well, yeah, during COVID we just kind of like try to post a little bit more as much as we can. And, um, we take some time to like do some food pictures or, you know, uh, spend a little more time uh, just trying to get good shots. But I think, really, ultimately, it's there's nothing like being physically available at events and markets. And yeah. that way you're connecting with other makers and you can like tell um, or, yeah, tell your story to customers who are coming over.
0: Have you thought about participating in the Oregon Entrepreneur Network um, food funding event that they have every year? That might be something that would be cool. Also, I noticed on the specialty food website, there's a makers 12 um, week class that might be helpful for you. I think it's $249 and you can do it at your own pace. They have lots of online webinars and things like that, that can help answer some of the questions about growing your business. Okay. Is this, so, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Is this through the Oregon Entrepreneurs Network? Um, the Oregon Entrepreneur Network is a membership. Also, you might check out their website and see what kind of things they're doing for food. And it might be worth joining because they have an annual food um, competition Um, And they generally do fund around $200,000 or something like that. So that might be a good way to grow your business. You have to get up on the stage and tell your story and go through some training classes. So that's kind of fun. And then the Specialty Food Association um, membership there allows you to get all of the information you need. They have tons of online courses and things like that that come with that membership. And that's super valuable as well. So I do have one last question for you, ladies. I wanted to ask if you have any words of wisdom or advice for a starting food entrepreneur. So you've been doing this, what, have you been doing it eight years already? It's been about eight years. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. give us some words of wisdom, share some words of wisdom. Molly, would you like to go first? Okay, I guess I can go first. Um,
2: So words of wisdom is um, be, I guess, be persistent. And like, you're going to face rejection a lot. That's what happened with us. So we've faced it like numerous times, but just keep going. And also um, networking is important and building genuine relationships and being a part of the. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's
0: good. Those are good ones. How about you, Lisa?
1: Um, I was actually going to branch off of the community. So honestly, like I didn't realize like how important
0: that was until like sometime this year. So networking and staying in touch with people sounds like good advice for everyone. That's why we say carry your product with you because you never know who you're going to meet. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're so, going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe make up some smaller packages of the jerky so you can give out samples and have a few little jars. I know when I would travel with Sarah Marshall, she always has little two ounce jars in her purse. And um, we were in Las Vegas two January's ago, and she's like, Oh, I don't, I'm not bringing my purse. You got to put the sauce in yours. And I was like, Oh, I was carrying her sauce around. It was pretty heavy. <laughs> but she gave it to every restaurant we went to, she shared a little two ounce jar. So I think it works. I think it works. So thank you, ladies. Um, We're out of time. We're going to wrap it up for today. And I want to thank you for sharing your story with us um, and the story of your company. It's always good to see you. And maybe I'll see you Thursday at the world's largest charcuterie board. Uh, Yes, Yes, I am marking that down.
1: (laughs) Thank
0: you. (laughs) There's lots of tickets available. We record Masonia Marshall every week, so you can tune in on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our radio audio engineer, Alan and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on our show, you can submit that idea to StartupRadio.com or contact us through Instagram. Until next week, bye for now. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch.